Welcome back to the Fan Holes Podcast. We're doing one of our special episodes tonight. One of the ones we've come to known as Toku Thursdays. This is where we talk about things that are not really Sentai. It's uh, Tokusatsu. This can include Kamen Rider, Space Sheriff, Gavin, anything pretty much. As long as it's not Sentai. And they're dressed in, you know, funky outfits. So tonight we're going to be doing a special episode of Gaim. Why is it special? Because there's a main character who gets his his special form. But we'll talk more about that as the episode goes on. However, I can't talk about this by myself, so I have some of the fan holes with me tonight. Like I said, I've decided just to go ahead and say one's an honorary fan hole, so he's a fan hole. If you guys want to introduce yourselves, go right ahead. Hey, this is Justin. Hey, this is Jan Airhammer. Thank you guys for coming out tonight and helping me with this. The episode we're going to be doing uh, specifically is shock the rival banana transformation um, <laughs> just to give it kind of a uh, quick overview this is it's been about you know a little while since Gaim who is a uh, Kota you know came into being and whatnot and team Gaim where at one point they were one of the lowest teams in the in the city as far as the whole dance rivalry invest game they've pretty much been shooting up in the ranks, so that's pretty good for them. They uh, have a little meeting and stuff, and meanwhile, Kota meets up with Mitsuzane, and you can also call him Michi, that's what everybody calls him in the show. And they meet outside, and we find out that Michi is actually in a, uh, you know, pretty much a cram school, a private high school. He, he's, he's really smart. He's, he's not shown that in the first few episodes, but we learned that a little bit about him right now. Mitchie's really happy that Coda has rejoined Team Gaim and they're shooting up the ranks and everything seems to be doing pretty well. They go to the little performance park, but they are challenged by Team Raid Wild. You know, pretty much they beat them because they have Common Rider Gaim. It's pretty much um, no contest. The Invest monsters can't do anything against them. So they introduce Sid also. Sid is basically a lock dealer, and I'm trying to think of the best way to describe him. He's he's kind of shady. He even wears like a little bowler cap that he kind of tips over his hat and everything. So, we learn a little bit more about, like, the endless games and lock seeds and stuff. And then, Coda uh, goes home, and his sister, Akira, which is one of Jan's favorite characters, because it's a, a former <laughs> pretty guardian. <laughs> uh, she is upset, however, that Coda has been making money through the endless games. She'd rather him make money through honest labor or, you know, earn his money in a way that, you know, is not just fighting. So that's, you know, pretty cool. And that makes Coda kind of doubt, like, you know, if he should be fighting in Invest games and he thinks about it and all this stuff. And Kaito, you know, keeps coming up in his head because he was criticizing him for, like, you know, not using his power correctly. Then Kaido challenges him. He shows up, and he has his own Sengoku driver. 
he transforms and he is turned into the common uh, Rider Baron. Baron looks pretty cool. I like how he looks. He, he's red and yellow and silver, and he, he, he looks more like a knight. Whereas Kota looks kind of like a samurai. Baron looks very much more like an English medieval knight. Well, he is a knight of a spear. Yeah, <laughs> knight of spear. <laughs> They're about to fight. However, Sid comes in. He's like, no, we're not going to do this like this. It's not an invest game. We're going to give it a little bit of a twist. And we're introduced to the bikes for this uh, series. They're called block vehicles. Uh, they have kind of a flower motif. Both of them have flower blossoms, or um, kind of where the headlights are. They fold out of locks, though, which is kind of a neat little thing, and I thought that was pretty neat. The uh, episode ends with the writers going so fast, they, you know, break time. They Superboy punch rocket motorbike through space. And they end up in something that we've already seen in the first episode, Helheim Forest. And Baron's taking out the Invis, and he's just amazed at, like, how strong he is now. And then we're kind of left on a little bit of a cliffhanger because they're stuck in the Helheim Forest. So that's a pretty much a quick overview of what happened. I thought it was a fun episode to get more into it. Uh, what would you guys think? Yeah, pretty good, yeah. What would you think of Kamen Rider Baron and, and Kaito as he's become more, definitely more of a thorn in the side of Kota right now? I like him, but, like, in my head, I kind of think of, like, Kota as Goku and Kaito as Vegeta because you kind of want them to, you know, you kind of want them to work together, but they have, like, such different outlooks on life and different views on things that they're not going to get along probably ever. Like, the best they could probably manage eventually is, you know, Mike's rival fusion, but, like, watching this episode, like, I wanted them to fight instead of just take off on their motorcycles and you know, break through the dimensional barrier or whatever. So I was I was a little disappointed with that, but, like, it was still neat to see, you know, Kaito. Yeah, yeah what, what do you think about Sid? Like, him being this kind of... It, he's kind of shady, but he's also, like, you know, like, for right now, we will see where this goes later on in later episodes. But he's also like, you know, here you go, boys, have some lock seats. Here's, here's two new bikes, you know? Yeah, he, he's definitely a sketchy guy. You can see that he's kind of, like... You know, he, he knows more about what's going on, and you kind of wonder, like, well, where is he getting all this technology? Like, where is he getting the these new lock seeds, and where is he getting this warring driver at? Like, who's, you know, who's providing him with this technology, and why is he suddenly, like, changing this, you know, Invis games into, like, the beat rider thing? But, you know, yeah. we'll learn more about that, you know, later on. Yeah. Oh, by the way, when I was describing it, I called it the Sengoku driver. The warring driver is also – it's what it's called in the uh, – the, uh, subtitles. So anybody who gets confused, they're the same thing. They're Because uh, the, the creator will be revealed soon. As far as what happened and everything, I, I think it was a really cool, like Justin said, there's definitely this rivalry between Kota and uh, Kaito. But at the same time, you, you want them to work together. And you're kind of used to that, where like all the heroes work together. But we don't know if Kaito's a good guy or not. We don't know if he's, like, really just into strength and power and he has noble ideas or if he just wants to, you know, burn the world, leave it in his wake and stuff. As far as how everything progressed, I like how they introduced another team, uh, Raid Wild. They're actually going to be kind of important later on, right? Uh, just not hugely important, but they, 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 they factor in. Yeah, they have, they have their little role to play. Yeah, they're they're not just there just to be. Hi, we're Team Raid Wild. I'm trying to think of anything else interesting about this. 
that kind of is there was there anything that like you know really caught your attention while you're watching episodes like there, lots of little 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 hints about the future and stuff? Yeah, there there was because this this is my second time watching this. Like I like I'm you know Tony and I are like following with the current episodes as they come out. So like I rewatch this kind of refresh my memory and. Like, I caught something, like, I didn't really notice before. What There's, a, like, a little moment in this episode where I think it's, like, one of the dance partners of, like, Team Game. They say something like, oh, like, my and Kota make such a nice co- uh, couple, don't you think, Mitchie? And Mitchie, like, gives this, like, very half-hearted, like, kind of sad smile. And, like, I didn't really, I guess I didn't register the first time I watched it. But, like, that becomes kind of important later on. Like, I... I'll talk about this more, like, on, on the next episode of Gaian, but, like, I hate Mitchie, and I'll get into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Later. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he's introduced, and even up to the current episodes, I, this is not going to be a spoiler. He and Kota are friends. It's not really a spoiler. You'll find out later. But he, definitely at first, and this will change over the series, he very much admires Kota. He wants to be like him and stuff. However... Yeah, you're right, Justin. You know, even in this only the third episode, when it comes to Mai, he's you know kind of like get off my woman, bitch, get off her. You know, <laughs> he definitely has feelings for Mai that seem to be more than just you know she's she's my teammate. I like her. She's nice. You know, it's more along the lines of you know be my girlfriend, please. Then we, oh, um, I was going I was going to bring up the uh, Helheim Forest where they go back to. I one of the things I really like about the show, and it gets even better as the show goes on, is some of the set pieces. Like the park is whatever, the little hangout for Team Guy, again whatever. Team Baron has a cool little hideout. They got that big huge car that they never use, and it looks more like an office, you know, like high tech office building. And then there's Helheim Forest, which is really cool because it looks like a real forest, but they have just you know went in there with a little bit of practical props and put these weird flowers in places so it looks more alien. Are you guys digging, like, the production values on this? I think it looks... I mean, it looks really good. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm used to, like, Doctor Who and stuff and, like, you know, Star Trek where the the effects work. They do okay, but you can tell that they're on kind of a, you know, a certain kind of budget, and unlike Power Rangers over here where they just make really, really horrible, like, you know, gimmicks and stuff. <laughs> Billy, what's this? Oh, it's like a Game Boy with, you know, a fucking Popsicle on it. Um, <laughs> in, in Japan, they seem to put a lot of uh, money into these set pieces and stuff. So that that's a really good thing to take you out of it. Also, I'm sure Justin and Yana both know this, is when they go to Helheim, they also go for cinematography, and there's like a certain kind of washed-out greenish, bluish filter they use on the camera, because it looks different than when they're in Murasame City, where they all live. But, the yeah, Helheim looks a lot different. There's, there's... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Murasame or something like that. But, yeah, Helheim does not... It looks like an alien world. You know, and we'll find out what yeah. actually Helheim is later, but, you know... Did, what, and one thing I was going to ask about that is, besides, you know, enjoying the, the way it looks and everything... Do you think this actually adds, like, more layers to, like, the storyline even out of the gate? Or, you know, is it just, like, pretty looks? I think I think it adds to it myself. Yeah. Gives it a little bit of its own yeah, world. Like, I really like it. Like, I think one of the hardest things when you start watching a new, like, Kamen Rider series or a new Sentai is that sometimes there's, like, 
too much introduced all at once. Like usually the first episode, they're, they're throwing so many different things at you. You're like, okay, this is the world they live in, and like here are the crazy monsters, and here are like the crazy henchmen, and here are the crazy robots you have, and then here's like, oh, something else we're gonna throw at you. It's like you know we're riding a magical train powered by your imagination and <laughs> whatever. But like, but this, it's like you know it's it's pretty straightforward. You got like this, you know, dance competition through these different groups, and then you have the you have the the warring drivers who were given out by, like, you know, Sid, who obviously had his own agenda. And then you have, like, this added thing of, like, they're going into this other dimension, like, you know, the Helheim Forest. So you're kind of like, well, what what purpose do these little lock seats serve in their world? And, like, why is this dimension, you know, the way it is? Like, does does anyone else live there aside from these monsters? Like, that that's really... That's basically the setup. So it's not really a whole lot to like wrap your head around the first few episodes, and go into it like so much more detailed later on. Like I really just enjoyed like the kind of the, it's layered, but it's kind of simple to get your head around. Whereas like some of the other shows, when they start out, you're like, okay, you're kind of throwing too much at me. It's kind of like you know when you start out, you start reading like some big uh, sci-fi novel. Like, like I remember the first time I read it, and I was like, okay, I gotta stop a minute. You're throwing it's like you know, from Jabbar and his, you know, Quasi Zatarach and all this stuff. I'm just like, I don't know what these things mean. Like, just give me a minute. Like, is there a dictionary I can look at these things and like? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it, it does definitely have a good pace to it. It's like, here's this new thing, and you're like, okay, cool. And then it builds, and it, as long as you watch it. It does have kind of an anthology kind of feel where you're uh, – not anthology, but a uh, linear feel where you have to watch the last episode and know what's going on in this episode. But it's never too much. If you decide to watch, like, episode three, they usually do a little bit of a backtrack in the beginning, like, you know, previously on Gaim. However, even if you did just, like, jump in on episode three, you'd be like, eh, no, 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 okay, I got it, I got it now, I got it now. You know, give you a few minutes, and then, yeah, you know, you're not really screwed if you didn't see the first two episodes. That will change later on. At a certain point, you have to watch some earlier episodes. Yeah, I, I don't know if like if the rest of you feel this, but I kind of feel like Common Rider is more like I don't know geared towards like maybe like teenagers or maybe older like Japanese kids, like maybe they're like you know eleven, twelve, or thirteen or something. Whereas Sentai can be you know more mature, definitely, but it seems like uh, Sentai usually kind of like has a more like younger appeal to it or something. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, like the, the storytelling in Common Rider is usually more, like, complex or more mature. Yeah, and there's definitely more relationships kind of added to it. It seems like Sentai is just, you know, we're a team, and, you know, we get along and we're friends, or sometimes there's a little bit of rivalry, but, you know, we're a team, and Common Rider is usually a love interest of some sort, even if it's, you know, obviously going to have difficulties and... I've been kind of trying to catch up on Common Rider, and it does seem like there's definitely more... Yeah, I don't even know if you would say more mature storytelling as much as more... Complex? Yeah, yeah. You're not just... Yeah, you're getting a story that... Like, you know, like you are saying, you know, it's like, as long as you pay attention, you're fine. You know, as long as you watch it and you, like, take what's going on in into your head, you'll follow the story fine. But it's not like one of those shows where if you turn it on... And you don't pay attention to it at the end of the episode. You're not like, you know, it's not like Power Rangers where it's pretty much just going to be the kids hanging out. Somebody does something stupid. 
somebody gets turned into a monster or a monster appears, they beat the monster, end of show, you know? I mean, I know the Sentai is, you know, a lot different, but this is, yeah, I agree with you. It's not very much a kid's show. It's definitely early teens to even maybe late teens, you know, kind of aimed at. That's like their demographic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you guys want to add about the third episode of Guy, Jan or Justin? I was just looking over all the characters, you know, having it all sink in as I watch Mitchie's school, you know, he's getting bombarded by all the snobbish intellectuals that are saying that dancing and everything is just a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, there definitely seems to be, like, an undercurrent that, you know, Mitchie is is smarter and he's, you know, even though he likes the dance team, it's like, hmm, why, well, why, is, he, why is he wasting his time with this when he's obviously... You know, someone is grooming him to do something important, and we'll, again, find yeah. out more about that again in later episodes. <laughs> I think we'll see more into, I think we'll see more into how the seed locks play a bigger role in the other world, starting with the next episode. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely something more to them, because even though it's supposedly just a kid's game with the invest and stuff like that, they're obviously coming from a different dimension, and why would they be marketing, like, the ability to have monsters from another dimension as just a kid's game. It seems a little little, little bit of an overkill. <laughs> what about you, Justin? Any any parting words for episode three? Not really. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, you know, most like Common Rider shows, you usually have to wait like 10 to 15 episodes before the additional writer, writer shows up. But like here, it's like, you know, here we're on episode three and we already got another writer and like, I mean, I guess maybe this is a little bit of a spoiler and if you don't know anything about Gaim, but, like, man, there's so many writers in this show, like... <laughs> there is almost, like, a small army of them, yeah. I, I think I was reading on Wikipedia, this is, like, maybe the second or third show that has, like, the most writers out of, like, all the series of common writers. Like, this is in the top, like, five of, holy shit, there's a lot of writers. <laughs> but they're all different, and they're all fun, so there is that. But yeah, this was episode three. As we said before, definitely check it out, the entire series. We'll be uh, doing some more Kamen Rider Gaim as Toku Thursdays keeps chugging along. However, I think that pretty much sums up the, the debut of Kaito's armored form, Kamen Rider Baron. We'll be doing episode four soon. And until then, keep looking out for all of our other shows like Mobile Suit Mondays, Sentai Saturdays, Transformer Tuesdays, and of course the Fan Holes Podcast proper. We love all kinds of feedback you want to give us. We have a Facebook page, we have a Twitter. Twitter we never use, but if you tweet us, we'll answer. We will. We will. We're just not very big Twitterers. We also have an email, uh, fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Send us any kind of criticism, any kind of feedback. And as always, we love having you guys listen to us. And until then, I guess I will sign off. This is Tony Chainclaw. Why not? This is Justin, Knight of a Spear. And this is Jan, Air Hammer, Gold Banana Arms. <laughs> All right, guys. I will see you next time when I challenge these two fools to a dance-off. Do it, Justin. Peace.
try my best not to say like, even though I know I'm going to fail horribly. <laughs> Tony, Tony, go fuck yourself. I know, I know. <laughs>